So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. And on this week's podcast, a credit analyst and counselor by the name of James Downing, a fantastic guest with the most compelling journey who has a lot of great insights to share. And for me, perhaps the most eye-opening part of my conversation with James was the realization that in thinking about our careers and how it is we each got to be where we are today, that we are perhaps being too narrow in our scope, meaning that sometimes where we end up in our professional careers might have less to do with our professional desires along the way than it does with our personal ones. For James, from a very early age, his desire was to become a really good dad. Without question, that desire seems to have trumped everything else. And from what I can tell, he seems to be well on his way to achieving just that. Don't know about you, but I find this idea to be a really interesting nuance as we think about our journeys, and I'll certainly be marinating on it a bit more myself. But in the meantime, please allow me to introduce you to James Downing. Let's do it. So, uh, James, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is I'm meant to be doing here on this planet? Yes, that is actually something I have uh, spent a lot of time thinking about, uh, even growing up as a child. Um, I'm actually um, pretty heavy into to church, um, and uh, so it's you know getting that outreach out there is, is definitely something that's strong in my life. Yep. But also, you know, just like my my family background and upbringing, like everybody in, on my dad's side of the family is in education. Like they're all uh, teachers, so yeah. it, it's like, you, you know, they've they've really driven in that the, the purpose in life is is to educate yourself and always keep seeking more and more knowledge, uh, and then also impart that knowledge on the next generation. So that that's really what I feel my purpose is is to gain as much knowledge as I can, you know, both spiritual and intellectual, and and then impart that on the, the coming generations. And James, when did you first have an idea that that was your purpose? You know, I, I'd actually have to say after my daughter was born. Yeah. Um, but before that, it, it was a little bit more like I don't know what my purpose is. You know, my 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 family, like my parents and my grandparents, they they would kind of tell me that that that's really what my purpose is. But I, I wasn't really following in that. Uh, uh, but you know, after after my daughter was born, that that really changed a lot of things. It it, it made me have to be more responsible, uh, and and look at things in a different light. Uh, so that I, I'd say that's when that happened, which yeah. seven seven years ago in about uh, two weeks. <laughs> nice. For the benefit of the listeners, can you tell everyone what is it that you do today? I am a 
certified credit analyst uh, and at a credit repair company. Yep. So I basically, I, I, I speak to consumers that majority of them, that's about 90% of them are looking to purchase a home. Yeah. Uh, and they have issues on their on their credit, uh, and I go over it and, and basically analyze whether or not that information can even be improved. Uh, sometimes people need you know education on credit building, yep. uh, so we don't even do credit repair. It's just you know teaching them what things that they need because if they don't have a, a good enough credit history they're not going to get one either. So there's, there's a few reasons why they wouldn't. So, you know, we help them in that transition period and, and I do the initial uh, analysis of their credit. So it, it's a, it's a little bit like underwriting, but it's for those that don't get approved. So let me ask this question from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? No, absolutely not. Yep. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I was a hundred percent sure I was going to be a lawyer. Uh huh. Uh, you, you know, when I was when I was growing up, I mean, from from like fifth grade on, uh, actually, uh, because in fifth grade we we did a, a mock trial, yep, and it was for the Boston Tea Party, and I was the defense lawyer for the Redcoats, uh-huh. and uh, and I actually was able to get all of them off except for one. Because the guy went off script and just blurted out that I did it and all of this other stuff, so you know he kind of <laughs> he, he kind of threw it, right. um, but you know that that kind of got a passion in me. And actually, at the time, my favorite author uh, was John Grisham. I used to read a lot of his yep. his uh, novels, and you know he wrote the you know crime novels with with yeah the firm and a time to kill uh, and the partner. Yep. So they were all about lawyers. Uh, and I mean, when I was in high school, I did mock trial, speech and debate, academic decathlon for impromptu speech. Yeah. So that's really what I wanted to do. And even when I went to, to college, uh, my first year, I, I took business law and uh, criminology. And I was trying to go to, I got accepted to Pepperdine because they were like the number one pre-law, but I, I couldn't afford it. Yep. Uh, but then I, I just, as I was looking more into it, like I wanted to be a defense lawyer. Yep. Uh, I was like, I'm going to be the next Johnny Cochran. Right. But as I was looking into it, I was just trying to get internships, and it was extremely difficult. And the people that I was talking to, they were telling me about all the hours and everything. Um, and I was like, I don't want to work like 100 hours a week until I'm 30-something. Uh, it, it, that's like, because my thing was at, at that point, I, I always, grew, growing up, I wanted to have like a family. Yes, and I wanted to do it the right way because my parents split up when I was two, and I had a stepdad, and I, you know, with the with the back and the forth, uh, I I felt like I was kind of getting robbed a little bit of my childhood because like weekends in the summer and spring break, I was visiting my dad, and I I kind of ended up resenting him a little bit yep. because that's when all my friends were hanging out and playing sports and all kind of stuff, and I felt like I didn't get to do that because I had to go visit my dad, right. and I didn't want to have that kind of like upbringing for my child and I really wanted to have a family so I was like okay I have to find another type of profession because I can't spend that much time outside of the home so I mean in terms of where I'm at now uh, it's definitely a different path but it's it's been able to to make me my you know my my primary dream 
growing up being being a good dad yes uh, i've been able to accomplish so in, in terms of professionally i'm in a different place but in in life i'm i'm right where i want it to be and james when you um think about this idea of being a good dad how early on did that idea come into your mind oh goodness very very early um i must have been first or second grade yep um and it was a, a combination of things, um, you know, with, with my, when I would go visit my dad, it, it'd be stuff like, I mean, I don't know how well off financially he was at that point, but, yep. you know, me and my sister would be with him and we'd ask him for something like simple, like a candy bar or something. And he would basically say, you know, that's what child sports for. And we're like, yeah, but that's at mom's house not when we're here like so i i kind of felt like i was getting shortchanged there and then my stepdad like i i I just kind of didn't really luck out because he was like ultra strict number Mm -hmm. one like kind of drill sergeant everything was yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am i had a lot of chores a's were expected like i got grounded if i got b's don't even think about getting a, a c or something um, but I mean, it, it did end up helping me in, in terms of with my school, like I, yep. I was ended up being very intelligent. Like I spent a lot of time reading, uh, and, and doing things like that. So it, it, it helped in one aspect, but he was also a little on the abusive side. Like it wasn't like he was beating me up, but I got a lot of whippings with the belt. Uh, and it was one of those with my, my two sisters. I had my older sister that was, you know, with my mom and my dad. So it was his stepdaughter. And then my little sister, five years younger, with was, was his daughter and my mom's daughter. Yep. And whenever something happened, it was never one of the girls. It was always me. And even when it wasn't, he would say, like, I don't know if this is you, but this is just something you got away with. You know, right. so it was like I was always in trouble. Yeah. Um, and I I remember actually one day I was, I had to be like, I had to be like six because it was before we moved to the new, to our new house in, in Thousand Oaks. And I was putting away dishes in, in the kitchen and I was down there by myself. And no, I was five because it was before my little sister was, was born. She was, my mom was, uh, no, it was right after she was born and my mom was on bed rest. So yeah, I was five years old yep. and I was putting away like a butter knife and I actually thought about killing myself at five years old. Wow. Uh, so I like at, at that point, you know, it was, it was like me and my older sister and, and against the world kind of thing. Right. And I just remember thinking like, you know, when I have kids, I'm not going to let them feel like this. Yes. And it just really grew from there. Um, so, so, and, and, you know, it's weird because my grandfather is such a strong father figure for like the entire family. And, and, you know, he, he really imparts a lot of knowledge on all of the, the children, but especially the men. Uh, so it's, it's kind of weird that my, my, my dad 
been kind of aloof. I mean, he, he continued to be aloof. I mean, even to this day, like yeah. he's not in my daughter's life the way that my grandfather was in my life. Right. So it's a little odd there, uh, yeah, but I yeah. do feel like, you know, my grandfather is, he is still alive. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's about to turn 87, wow. uh, but he's, you know, he's still got all his faculties and everything. So he's kind of playing a role of grandfather for right. my, for my daughter. And then I'm being a good dad. So I, I yeah. feel like she's getting, you know, everything that she needs. When you think about today, the job that you have versus this idea of being a lawyer, which is what was in your mind at a really early age, do you still have a desire to get back to that? Actually, no. The, the funny thing about it is, um, you know, when I was still planning on being a lawyer before I, I, I gave it up, I, I was thinking about switching over to, to being like a sports agent. Yeah. Um, because, you know, a lot of them do have, a, you know, a pretty strong law background. Um, and But then I... I found out that that was even more uh, difficult of an industry to, to really get into unless you, you had a good connection kind of thing. Um, but the, the sports, I mean, that's something that's always been a, a big passion of mine. And, you know, when I was going through school, uh, you know, English and writing and poetry and speech and all of that was all, they, they were always my strong suits. I mean, I was good at math and, and I do a lot of math in my, my job now. I mean, I'm, I've also worked as sales director for the, for the company that I'm at. So, yep. uh, running all the analytics and everything, doing Excel spreadsheets and SQL and all of that. So it, it's something where I, I'm, I'm good at that, but I'm actually better with with words and what i would really love to do is to be like a sports commentator a sports Uh analyst uh whether it's on radio or on tv um that's really what i would want to do so i'm thinking of going uh you know doing going back to school and you know getting a a journalism degree so i can get into that because that would be something that you know i would love going to work every single day Right. And when did you get, when did you first get that idea? Uh, actually, Ricky gave me that idea. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was one conversation in particular, but, you know, we'd be at work and it was at a call center. And, you know, I'm just talking sports with a lot of the other guys. And the way that I have my conversation, it's it's very, like, fact-based and, and data-based, and I, uh-huh. I have a really strong memory as well. So I'd be spitting out all these facts and when I was debating with people and just also with my vocabulary and everything. She was like, you know, you'd, you'd be really good as, like, a, a talk show host for sports. Right. Uh, and then when we started dating, she mentioned it a few more times because <laughs> uh, she knows how much I love sports like and I do all the fantasy stuff so I spend a lot of time on the computer and looking up all these different stats and everything and sometimes you know I'd I'd have like my my little notepad out and I'm scribbling all these different data points and 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 analyzing stuff so she's like you're really into it and and you can speak well so you should you should really look into that so that's been something that she put in my mind years ago Uh but you know just 
uh, I haven't been on that track because, you know, just financially, I got more on the career path that I was on at that point rather than diverting over. But I I feel like uh, eventually and sooner rather than later, I want to get onto that one. James, when you um, think back to your career and life to date and you think about your friends, family and colleagues throughout the years, is there a consistent thread in the type of advice or counsel they've sought from you? You know, it actually, oddly enough, I've, I've always had, um, you know, friends come to me for a, a myriad of, of advi- different reasons for advice. Um, you know, going back through school, uh, a lot of my friends weren't in my classes. Like, I was in the advanced placement classes, um, but... I would, they would always come to me for help with that, but they would also come to me for help with relationship problems because I had a lot of female friends like yep. that I was really close to, but there was no that like there wasn't even any kind of sexual tension, yep. you know. It was just like legitimate friends, um, and I, I don't know if it's because I was so close to my two sisters and my mom. Um, but you know, I always had very strong relationships with, with females. So I had both my guy friends and my, my female friends asking me relationship advice questions. And I mean, that still goes on to this day, like Uh with coworkers. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd say that probably more than anything else, even though I've had my own struggles when it comes to that, but it's, it's something where I guess it's a little more difficult to apply it to self, uh, than when you're you're observing from the outside, yeah. but yeah, that that's probably relationship advice is, is probably the the most consistent theme. Yeah, uh, for for advice. And what do you make of that? What do you make of the fact that people are accessing you that way? Um, you know, I think it's it's because I, I, a lot of times I, I do break things down logically, uh-huh. um, and I apply and I apply that to just my experience dealing with, you know, being, not only being a, a, a male, but having the, the female friends that I do, but also knowing the mistakes that I've made in, in my own, you know, relationships, the people that are close to me, they've also seen how hard that I work at something when I'm in, you know, a relationship and, and when I want to, to make sure that it, it remains. So I, I think with, with that kind of effort and then also just with the kind of clear, concise way that I'm able to convey advice to them yep. uh, is something that they've become comfortable with. When you're giving out relationship advice to your friends, family, and colleagues, what does that actually feel like to you? You know, it, it, it feels a little bit weird because I don't feel like I'm, I'm really like a relationship expert. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, I, I know that I have my own relationship problem, not, not just like with, with my wife or fiance, girlfriend, whatever it was at that point. Um, but you know, even at work and, and with uh, like authority and, and things like that. So, uh, cause I can be pretty, pretty stubborn and, and sometimes I can come across, I'm very passionate as uh-huh. well. So Sometimes I come across as though I'm I'm angry or upset when I'm really not, but that's the perception that you know everyone around me gets. 
so when I have those kind of issues, knowing that, and, and those that I'm close to know that as well, uh-huh. they seem to forget that. Like, uh-huh. even when I'm having, when I, you know, I'm having conversation with them, I'm like, you guys know me. Like, you, you shouldn't take this this way because you, you know this is a trait of mine. Uh, but they seem to forget that when they're dealing with me. And even when they come and ask me advice, um, I guess outside of that, I'm, I deal very well with people. But, but that can, can cause hurdles from time to time. Um, but it, it does always strike me as a little bit odd, you uh-huh. know, knowing that I have issues and that people still come to me. Because myself personally, I feel like, well, if, if this person doesn't have it downright, then I'm not going to ask them what to do. Right. And do you have any, for lack of a better term, repeat customers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a, a couple of people at my job, uh, and my cousin is, is probably the, the biggest repeat customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much recently, um, but, you know, that's that's also just because we, we just don't talk as much as we used to. Uh-huh. We, we both, you know, have, have our kids and our full-time jobs, and we're trying to pay for the house and everything, so we don't hang out as much as we used to. Um, but still, from from time to time, she she always comes to me. But I mean, for a while there, she was she was like my best friend. We're, we're yep. she's a, two years older than me, but our birthdays are four days apart, so we're we're very similar. Um, uh, so and it's it's just something where anytime she has any any issues, she comes to me for for relationship advice. Like, what's this guy thinking? And yep. does she always? Take my advice? No, <laughs> she yeah. doesn't. But she does always inquire. That points to a reality that they're they're getting something positive out of the exchange. I do give good advice when it when it <laughs> comes to to others, and and it's because I I think I'm I'm able to like I said explain things and look at things logically. Yep. But when it comes to myself, I get my emotion involved. Right. So I'm not as logical when I make decisions in, in my own relationships. Um, but I am able to give good advice. Like I've, when I was in high school, I used to, <laughs> I used to give great advice to like all of my guy friends, uh, yeah. and, and they would come to me all the time. But you know, now we've, we've kind of separated. They, one guy lives in Australia another guys, uh, two other guys are in, in Arizona, you know, another guy's in New York. So we're spread out all over the place and not really in, in the, the mode of, of asking each other for like relationship advice. So not so much them anymore, but, uh, it was like, I, I couldn't lose every time I would give advice. It was like the perfect advice. So I started looking at myself as somebody who gave great advice. Right. Um, so it, it, it is something that I, I feel like I'm, I am actually good at, and that's why they do come back. And James, I'm going to press you here just a little bit more, but when you are giving advice, which you know is good, what does it feel like? What's the feeling you're having? I, I'd say confidence. Yep. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like okay. I, I, I know that's good advice. I hope they, I hope they listen to it. Um, yep. Because it, it, it's like I, I, I'll, I'll like rehash what I said in my own mind. I'll, I'll, I'll think it back over and play out a few different scenarios. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was, that was good advice. Uh, but also a, a little bit of regret because I also think of a situation in my, my own life where I could have applied that same advice <laughs> that I didn't. Right. And it's like, man, 
why didn't I think of that then? Okay, well, I'll make sure that I do that next time. Um, yeah. So it's it's a little bit of a combination of, of that. Um, and, yep. and really, there's there's like, I'm not even doubting that that it, it will work out for the person uh, because, You're confident. Uh, you know, just playing out, I'm very confident yeah. that, that it was good advice. So now let me ask you this. When you think about advice giving James versus sports commentating James versus Johnny Cochran James. How do the three James compare? I guess, no, the, being the, the lawyer, I would say, is probably the most different out of the, the three. Uh-huh. Um, because when you're, when you're giving somebody, you, you know, the, the, when somebody's tuning in to your sports talk show, they're, they're in, in search of advice or, or knowledge on sports. And when somebody comes to you for the relationship, they're coming for advice or knowledge on, on personal relationships. So it's, it's pretty similar there. And when you're able to give them the advice that they're looking for, you know, it's kind of a, a similar satisfaction. I, I guess it'd probably be stronger in a personal relationship than, than the sports advice, but uh, similar there. Whereas, you know, being a lawyer, it's, it's more, concrete because there there is a resolution at the at the end uh whereas the other two is a little bit more perception you know it's still open for interpretation uh whereas there, there's no real decision at the end um so i i guess the the, the satisfaction level is can swing more violently uh, with with that one, uh, but in all three, uh, I think just imparting knowledge on people is is something that would would give a similar satisfaction. So I, I guess they would feel the same. But the the being the lawyer would be the biggest difference. Looking back at your career to date, what would you say has been the biggest aggravation of your journey? The biggest aggravation of my journey is that I never finished college, not having the degree. Uh, has definitely held me back because it, it's something where moving up in the company, the, the companies that I've been at, uh, you know, it's, it's been more of a, a, you know, a longer journey. And then when you transition from one company to another, just simply having that experience, it really isn't enough because they want the degree as well. So that's been the biggest hurdle, the biggest thing to hold me back. Um, yep. And it's made it more difficult, you know, to, you know, transition onto a different career path yep. uh, because it's really one of those things that a, a lot of times now that I look, a lot of places, they don't really care what your degree is in, just that you have a degree. Right. Uh, so being able to, 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 you know, move on to a different career path would be easier even if I don't have a degree necessarily in that field. One more question here. What would you consider to be the highlight of your career to date? You know, it's it's actually a story that that I tell people from time to time because I I guess it just it it made me it it made me feel uh, the the best. Uh, it, it's it's yep. something else where you know I feel like I made the best choice, but I didn't have that kind of feeling uh, because it was actually leaving a job that was paying me very well, just asking me to do something I didn't feel was right. So I think I made the right decision, but I didn't feel so great. Uh, but one day uh, at the job that I'm at now, it was a few years ago, um, 
I got into work on the day after Christmas and we didn't work on Christmas, but we did a half day on Christmas Eve. Uh, and I had a voicemail when I got in at eight o'clock in the morning on December 26th. And, um, it was one of my previous clients and it was her and her 13 year old daughter wishing me a Merry Christmas, basically fighting through tears uh, because it was their first Christmas in their own house and they were thanking me. And that is something that, that really, you know, kind of got me stuck at the job that I'm at or, or, or helped me stay there uh, for as long as I had. Uh, because that just, I mean, just the, the feeling that I had, I mean, I saved it as long as I could, but we ended up moving offices and changing phone lines and, so we, you know, I ended up losing the the voicemail itself, but uh, that's something I, I'll never, I'll never forget because I, I really felt like I I changed somebody's life with with the advice that I gave and the work that I did. Amazing way to end this, James Downing. Really appreciate you taking the time and being so forthcoming. Well, I appreciate the the opportunity. Is this has been fun. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.